Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. As always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how SZA's SOS bounces back to number one for an eighth total week on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, and how a whopping 35 albums all see unit gains on the list thanks in part to the Grammy Awards broadcast, and how Best New Artist winner Samara Joy jumps to number one on multiple charts after her surprise win. Plus, after Rihanna's hits-filled Super Bowl halftime performance and pregnancy reveal, what could be next for the superstar? And why in the world did she not perform her Oscar-nominated song, Lift Me Up, during the show? People uh, want to know. Uh, she should have listened to Keith and I uh, talk about it. Plus, where does the halftime show go from here? Who could be next year's headliner? We've got questions, so stay tuned for our chat in just a moment. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Okay, let's do the chart chat. First up, on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, SZA's SOS bounces back to number one for an eighth non-consecutive week as the set steps two to one with a hundred thousand equivalent album units earned in the US in the week ending February 9th. That was actually up less than 1%, but it was still up, according to Luminate. And she's been announced as Billboard's Woman of the Year, very appropriately, as she spends her eighth week atop the Billboard 200, for God's sakes. Clearly, the announcement had something to do with the game. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it was. I'm just saying we made a good choice. (laughs) Um, The last album by a woman with eight weeks at number one was Taylor Swift's Folklore. Uh, More than two years ago, as it notched its eighth and final week atop the list on the chart dated October 31st, 2020. The SOS hit Kill Bill holds at number two for a fifth straight week on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, while Miley Cyrus's Flowers is number one for a fourth week in a row. Before we leave the top 10 of the Billboard 200, Shania Twain captures her sixth top 10 album as Queen of Me debuts at number 10. Uh, Next, staying with the Billboard 200, uh, a whopping 35 albums on the chart post unit gains thanks to either performances, presentations, or on-air wins during the CBS TV broadcast of the Grammy Awards 
on February 5th. In the top 10 alone, there are three titles that glean gains from the TV broadcast. SZA, who was a presenter on the show, is up 1%, as I just mentioned, with SOS at number one. Bad Bunny, who opened the show with a two-song medley from Un Verano Senti and later won a trophy during the broadcast, sees his album climb 8 to 7 with a 16% increase. And Harry Styles' Harry's House bumps 13 to 9 with a 51% gain. And of course, Styles performed the album's song as it was on the show and won two awards presented during the show, including Album of the Year. It's wild to think that that album had any room to grow. <laughs> like, <laughs> who, who doesn't know that album right. is out there? <laughs> well, apparently 50% of people that bought it. <laughs> yeah. No, whatever. Don't, don't listen to my stats. Keith, go ahead. Kate, Kate, Katie, she's here with the units and the numbers. That's right. That's me. No. Uh, lastly, the Grammy Award winner for Best New Artist, Samira Joy, shakes up the charts as her album, Linger a While, hits number one on jazz albums, traditional jazz albums, and Heat Seekers albums for the first time. The set, which was released last September, also reaches the top 10 of top album sales and top current album sales while additionally debuting on the Billboard 200. The 23-year-old was presented the Best New Artist trophy during the CBS TV broadcast of the main ceremony of the Grammy Awards, while she also won another Grammy earlier that day for Best Jazz Vocal Album for Linger a While. She performed Mm -hmm. during the premiere ceremony as well. Ah, Katie, that's the first Katie time I got to hear it. her sing. I was like, wow, she's great. And then she won. I'm like, I like her. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just saw her sing for the first time three hours ago. I like her. Do you think that there were performances in the premiere ceremony, which was the non televised ceremony, the one that was just streamed live on Grammy.com? Um, do you think there were performances from that that should have been upgraded to the main TV show? She was the only best new artist uh, nominee to perform during the premiere ceremony. Back in the day when there were only five nominees in the category, they often had them all perform in some way on the main telecast, those artists. Uh, but they couldn't possibly do that with 10. I don't even think they could work 10 into the premiere ceremony. So, no. <laughs> My to answer your question, they couldn't just put Samara Joy and that's it out of that group of 10 um, on the main th- broadcast. So then do you think that she was downgraded to the premiere ceremony earlier in the day because they couldn't? They're like, OK, we can't have all 10. We're not going to just have one because it looks like it's favoritism. I think that to the point of the study that we brought up or not study the report from New York Times about 16 percent of the Grammy voters being in the jazz category, they they threw the jazz category a bone during the premiere ceremony. There's never a jazz performance during the main show, typically, you know, so that's how they were able to spotlight the, they the top jazz nominee of the year. I you know why why couldn't uh, Samira Joy had performed you know with Brandy Carlisle or something I don't know I mean I'm here for it. you know what I mean she's gonna be one of these like Grammy created stars now and so maybe yeah. that will happen in the coming years like kind of like how they trot long long out on the piano with Metallica and whoever else once in a while you know Herbie Hancock <laughs> and so and so. Esperanza yes. Spalding and, and yeah, I don't think they ever teamed up Esperanza, but uh, um, gosh, Gary Clark Jr., for instance, that's a Grammy guy that they just like roll out with some people. It could happen for Samara. Sting. Sting's not a Grammy guy. Sting, Sting. <laughs> yeah, well, well, but Sting will often, well, has, know, has in the past, it'll be like, please welcome 
55 billion he's, time award winner. Sting. He's like legacy guy. There's just there's like this handful of people that are like Grammy stars. Like they are huge megastars in the Grammy like sphere. All right. <laughs> um, OK, well, anyways, uh, linger a while. Back to that. Oh, yeah. Uh, earned earned 8,500 equivalent album units uh, in the U.S. in the weekend in February 9th. And that was up a scant 319 percent. Of that sum, traditional album sales comprised about 6,500, and that was up 316%. The album has the largest week by both units and album sales for any non-holiday, non-reissue jazz album in over a year. The last album, with those caveats in mind, the last jazz project, again, with those caveats, uh, that was bigger, was Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga's Love for Sale, which had 12,000 units of which nearly all were album sales on the chart dated January 1st, 2022. So all that said, jazz, unless it's a Christmas album or a reissue of some old Miles Davis, John Coltrane thing, Mm -hmm. generally doesn't post big numbers. So this is also a big moment for jazz in general. Totally. Hey, Keith. Hey, Katie. Did you watch the Super Bowl this weekend? Well, to be honest, I watched halftime. Okay, well, that's the most important part. That's what I wanted to talk about anyway. Rihanna of course, headlined the Super Bowl halftime show on Sunday. We had a lot of expectations coming in about what she might perform, uh, you know, what she might wear, what she might spotlight, etc. I don't think I at all assumed that she would be, you know, her stages would be suspended in the air and that she would reveal her pregnant belly. Like, none of those things crossed my mind. I also wouldn't have assumed that she only had one outfit. Like, I would have assumed outfit changes from her. I don't think there's a lot of things I wouldn't have assumed about it. But what I will say is that I I loved it. Um, I thought it was such a potent reminder of how deep of a catalog this woman has because she played 12 songs and she left things on the table that you might have expected her to play. And she definitely leaned toward some of her newer work, which I don't know if anyone expected her, first of all, to start with Bitch Better Have My Money on a family broadcast uh, that she would do Pour It Up. Didn't expect that either. Yeah, she did three songs from her most recent album and Wild Thoughts, her DJ Khaled collab, which is her pretty much her most recent, you know, non Black Panther soundtrack like song release. Like it's the uh, most recent thing she's released since her last album. What did you think about the set list? I wasn't expecting it to be a medley in the way that it was. I was expecting Mm. her to maybe focus on like five or six songs, maybe Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. kind of do them longer. So I was surprised by the fact that she went the medley route. She ended up doing Bitch Better Have My Money, Where Have You Been, Only Girl in the World, We Found Love, Rude Boy, Work, Wild Thoughts, Pour It Up, All of the Lights, Run This Town, Umbrella, and Diamonds, Zero Guess. There's also a little instrumental taste of S&M yeah, that got that people count. really excited. When I hear the <laughs> nah, 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 come on. Come on. I thought she might start with that, but no, Bitch Better Have My Money. And the irony of playing... Uh, bitch better have my money and pour it up in a non-paid Super Bowl halftime show is also kind of great. Maybe that's why she was playing them. She had no features, no guests. Um, she had an army of dancers, but at the end of it, um, it was really a focus on, I'm going to remind you of the bajillions of hits that I have. Yep. And the focus is going to be squarely on me. 
There's no sort of bells and whistles. There's little to distract you from anything. It's just a reminder of the deep catalog. Now, we can quibble about what song she picked and what song she didn't pick. And of course, we will. Everyone mm-hmm. will. But I don't know. Did you did you feel like there were some huge songs that were missing that she should have done? No, she uh, well, I mean, I I love Don't Stop the Music. It's one of my favorite Rihanna songs. So that's one that I kind of expected just because it's upbeat and was a huge hit for her. That felt like a no brainer to me. Clearly, it was not a no brainer (laughs) because it wasn't (laughs) included. Um, But like We Found Love and Only Girl probably were the ones that I really wanted. And those were both there. Um, I also love her other Calvin Harris um, collab. uh, uh, This is what you came for. This is what you came for. That one didn't come out. Uh, I thought when she started Run This Town, I was like, oh, Jay-Z's coming out. Because, I, I mean, when I hear the beginning of Run This Town, I'm already doing, we, uh, <laughs> I said it, we, uh, this is Rock Nation. Like, I'm already hearing his verse. And I was, and then, we, like, Run This Town into Umbrella. If you would have seen the set list ahead of time, you thought, that's where oh, Jay-Z yeah, that's comes where Jay-Z out. Jay-Z shows up. Yeah. That's obviously where Jay-Z comes out. I thought All of the Lights was an interesting choice. Um, you know, Kanye West's famously in a lot of hot water right now for his anti-Semitic views. And that's his song that Rihanna did the chorus on. Uh, So, you know, an interesting one to prop up at this exact moment, but it's a great song. So I really like can't complain about her choosing that. Um, But no, she didn't. We can, we can, (laughs) we can can, complain. We can, we can (laughs) question. Why did she not sing lift me up? Which is, currently academy award nominated for best original song her most recent sort of hit single and she was literally being lifted into the air on platforms why did she not do it i know it's a ballad i know it's a ballad but why not i have a theory about that okay think about uh the very cumbersome rules around for your consideration anything right like with the oscars like is there a possibility that it would have been some sort of violation for her to perform that song like before of Oscar voting, like after she's a nominee, like, you know what I mean? Like on that televised program. Why like, didn't what we ask Paul this before we recorded? Well, I don't think Paul knows because we uh, so Paul did an article last week uh, spelling out what the Oscar voting period was to kind of say, like, will she perform it? So in his mind, it wouldn't like he didn't say anything about whether it would be a violation. But because I just voting has about, not started yet. It has not started yet, but I know that this period of time is contentious because people used to have parties and they would do things like, for instance, I once went to a social network DVD release party that was within the Oscar voting window. And that party, which had Justin Timberlake at it, Andrew Garfield, Army Hammer, Jesse Eisenberg, all the stars of the movie, that movie there, that party made them set new rules about Oscar parties during that period of time because everyone looked at it as like a basically undercover for your consideration party and, and decided it broke like, you know, kind of an unwritten rule. So they wrote the rule and made it so you can't have those kind of parties for, um, you know, a, an individual movie anymore. So this is just a thought like maybe the Black Panther team were like, please don't do this. It would totally violate the rules and we don't want it to get disqualified. Who knows? So it- so in turn, mm-hmm. she then decides to either one construct a set that will literally remind you about "Lift Me Up." <laughs> yes. Or two, 
she had already constructed the set on the anticipation that she could sing Lift Me Up. And then it was thwarted sort of at the last minute saying, please don't sing this song. What I will do is I will ask Paul after we record this podcast to reach out to the Academy to say, could Rihanna could have, have performed that song? Because I feel like after the fact, maybe they'd be more willing to openly speak about that since it didn't happen. It's like, could she have or would that have violated rules? Um, it's tricky. It's tricky. I yeah. mean, also, the Academy has had a little bit of um, there's been a lot of interest recently around a Best Actress nominee, Andrea Riseborough. Um, that and was how so she campaigned minor. to get that her was about nomination. an Instagram caption. In an Instagram caption, she directly quoted a movie review that mentioned Kate Blanchett, who is another uh, competitor in that same category, which is against the for your consideration rules. You cannot mention your competition. And she wasn't mentioning it. They weren't like the movie wasn't mentioning it. It was in an Instagram caption directly quoting an article. All right. Well, so but she didn't get uh, disqualified, by the way. She just uh, it was a little bit of a brouhaha. Well, we should probably, though, move on to the rest because we haven't okay. we've, we've only exhausted about 20 percent of our questions around halftime. I mean, you know, I want to talk about the, the pregnancy reveal. I mean, the first thing I would like to say is that in my mind, Rihanna just had her first baby. Uh, I had to look it up and see that it was in May that she gave birth. So it's been nine months since she had her baby. And I have friends who have two children under two. So I should know about the scientific possibilities here. Obviously, you can have a baby that quickly after having another baby. Uh, But part of me, because I thought it had been a lot more recent, was just like, is she just like repping for like, you know, postpartum bellies over here? Because like you can see a belly and moms look like they're pregnant after they give birth. Like, how adorable is this that she's like, I got a belly now. I'm a mom. Here it is. Yeah, I did not think that. That was my first thought. thought. I thought I absolutely thought, oh, she is rubbing her I'm pregnant belly. Well, well, she at the toward the end of the set, she obviously rubbed it, which is what people took as the confirmation until her rep actually confirmed it, which thank God for that, because you do not want to make that assumption with anyone. Even if a woman comes out and rubs her belly, if she does not say, I am pregnant, you cannot make that assumption in a news article. You can make it all you want on Twitter. That was the that was my Super Bowl halftime was like it went from like me being, you know, completely focused on the music, the performance to being like, oh, God, like, how are we going to like dance around this quote unquote obvious fact that needs to be confirmed before we put it anywhere. Um, but thankfully, their rep did confirm. So it's, you know, it's it, it's amazing. I, I love it. Um, I've talked on this podcast before about the fact that female pop stars used to have to hide, literally hide when they were pregnant, like go away for nine months and then come back out. You're definitely not doing performances. We've well, talked about Madonna filming the music video well, pregnant and... We've talked about. I want to say when Rihanna showed up at the uh, press conference for the Super Bowl a few days ago, she was wearing an outfit that apparently did not show that she was possibly pregnant. So she held on to that until the reveal. Or the reveal. But again, there there used to be an assumption like you're not even supposed to like you you shouldn't be pregnant. You're like a sex object. You shouldn't be pregnant. Like whatever the case may be. We've we've talked about this before. Vanessa Williams. They like shot her neck up for a Grammy performance when she was pregnant because they couldn't possibly show her pregnant. Right now you have Beyonce obviously revealing her first pregnancy on the VMAs. You have her performing very pregnant on the Grammys. You have a host of examples. And now we have a Super Bowl halftime performer who headlined pregnant like it. It just as a mom, 
I am obsessed with it. I love it. It's incredible. It's empowering. Love it. So just wanted to get that out there. <laughs> and okay. so I love that she did this. But um, yeah, but I also was very much not expecting this with, uh, you know, the short time frame between first baby and this baby. But no one's getting an album from Rihanna anytime soon. Also, a album of lullabies for her children. <laughs> there you go. Maybe. <laughs> but you know what did get a big look on the halftime, Keith? Uh, Fenty Fenty Beauty. Anything relating to Rihanna's mini cosmetic and clothing brands Fenty related. She literally got a compact out, put on her powder and then handed it to a backup dancer and kept performing like just complete, complete boss behavior is what that is. Also, I want to point out that if you go to Fenty Beauty's website, uh, it says that uh, the Fenty Beauty Invisimat blotting powder made a special guest appearance during halftime. So <laughs> that was her one her one cameo. Her unborn baby and the blotting powder were the two guests during Super Bowl halftime. <laughs> but also all of her backing dancers were wearing uh, 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 Fenty Savage um, items. Now, you may have not seen them all, but they were wearing them as described I mean, by the Fenty lingerie, Savage websites. So they're websites. probably underneath their outfits or whatever. Yeah, they were right? like sort of like sport bra situations and underwear. And so she I'm, debuted a Fenty lipstick as well. The lipstick she was wearing was called the MVP. What? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we, we've talked about like how in the past, you know, the Super Bowl halftime show would often be used as a launching pad for a new single or a new album or a tour announcement. And it feels like with Rihanna in less sort of music focused forward mode in general, this show acted more as an advertising vehicle for Rihanna's Fenty brands. Uh, makeup, which is clothing. her current MO. Yeah, but it, it's interesting. It's like, how do you blend these two things together in a way that makes sense? And it, it you know, it it does make sense, and it seemed like it worked. But it's like, well, where does where does the halftime show go from here? Like, because mm. you know, I, I I dialed back and I looked in our research that, or I, I just basically did a lot of googling. The last time a halftime performer had an album come out a new studio album come out concurrent with the halftime show was Justin Timberlake in 2018 mm. with Man of the Woods. Every year since then, so 2019, 2020, 21, 22, 23, we've had like we five had, years. We had the Weekend's Greatest Hits album, the highlights come out concurrent with Super Bowl. We had uh, Shakira and J-Lo. Uh, didn't, didn't one of them announce like a big tour afterward? Like there's stuff like that, but not... Sure. I feel like, you know, now it's changed into a overall branding effort ex- exercise mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and for and it, it makes it even more interesting. Whereas for someone like The Weeknd, it was it was about the music. It was about the upcoming tour that he was going to go on. Mm-hmm. It was promoting that. Whereas Rihanna, it's like. There is no new music as far as we know, and it's literally about the makeup she was wearing, the clothing her dancers were wearing, and the blotting powder, or whatever I have two notes on that front. So few uh, celebrities could get away with what she did, but because of her persona as this businesswoman and, you know, putting music in the backseat for right now, and the fact that she was so tongue-in-cheek about it, like, people made that joke, and then she did it with a wink. You know, oh, I'm going to get the powder out like she didn't do that to hit you over the head with Fenty. She did it because people joked that she would do that. So she's like, ha ha, I'm in on the joke. Right. 
I guess. The other thing I'd like to say is that uh, I read this great Twitter thread about like what things have been like uh, with the booking process since Rock Nation and Jay-Z kind of uh, took the helm of uh, curating the halftime show. Uh, Shakira and J-Lo were there, was the first one. So I guess that was the first. Was that 2020 or 2019? 2020. Yeah. So they've done every one since 2020 now. So this is the third. Fourth, yes. Fourth. Oh, fourth. 2020, right. 2021, one of the things that Jay-Z did not like about the old process is that the NFL used to go out to apparently four people simultaneously, like four superstar musicians to like start talks about Super Bowl halftime and whoever they basically like locked in first and was interested quickest and got it like locked in is who they booked. And Jay-Z was like, you got to stop doing this because great, you've booked your person and it's efficient and it was a quick process because you got the person who was the fastest, but you've angered three other A-listers. So he's like, every year you're going out to these people and making one person very happy and like two or three people very mad. And it's a small pool of the the level of people who can, you know, headline the show. So he was like, we got to go one at a time. And that's the one of the things that they brought to it. Like, we're going to go to each person and be super deliberate about wanting that person. And if they pass on to the next, but you haven't like burned any bridges along the way. And so first of all, I'd like to say Jay-Z should headline the Super Bowl. If we're moving on to our future conversation, because I guess I guess kind of steered us th- that way. Yeah. Who, um, who, sh- who should possibly headline in the future? If we I are mean, continuing to go down this road of it has to be a music superstar headline. Jay-Z in the should show. book himself, but it should be similar to the Dr. Dre halftime and be Jay-Z and friends. I think it should be Jay-Z and an announced set of friends and uh, collaborators that you associate with Jay-Z. Alicia Keys. Uh, we'll see where Kanye stands at that point. Uh, Beyonce, like coming out for one song, whatever the case may be. Like Jay-Z feels like the most obvious uh, person to me to do it soon, in my opinion. OK, um, so what about you, Keith? Do you have any names? Um, I went through a list of acts that seem plausible yet have also had a bunch of hits on the Hot 100 and the Billboard 200, like in the top mm. 10. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, Elton John, he's possible. Oh, people would love that. People would love that. All ages, I mean, young and old. He's not touring anymore, but he will show up for one gig. One-offs. Yeah. I thought... Um, that's great. Uh, I thought Pink would be great. Yeah. Um, Heard her name a lot. Ariana is kind of in sort of the young Rihanna mode in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, Drake would be great. People have talked a lot about Taylor Swift, and it's always been a matter of, like, timing. I know previously, before Apple Music took over halftime uh, as the spot main sponsor, that Pepsi was sort of the conflict because she's always been a Coke spokesperson. Oh. But obviously that conflict has now been removed um, since Apple Music sponsored their first one this year. Uh, if you would like to know, Billboard put up our poll, our, oh. our famous who should perform at the next Super Bowl halftime poll. Oh, and I can which, tell you who's leading the way right now. Is it BTS? No, it's okay. not. Although they are on our poll. Oh. Uh, currently leading with almost 30% of the vote is Taylor Swift. Well, there we so, go. The Swifties uh, the People spoken. agree. And then uh, with almost 11%, uh, the closest next person is Drake. And then after that, with almost 9%, is Ariana Grande. So all names that you've brought up. Hey, I didn't even I did not even see that story. I didn't know it existed. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But I think those are all super um, those ones all make sense. You know, uh, 
I feel like it's sort of surprising, especially given the super positive reaction to Chris Stapleton's national anthem, that we have not yet had a like real deal country halftime. We've had Garth Brooks, I think, perform one time. Uh, who else? There was somebody else. Garth yeah, never there performed was, halftime. Oh, it wasn't Garth. Somebody performed. There was a country flavored one, but it was like shared with a bunch of other people. I mean, Maybe like Shania, Shania and No Doubt and Sting. Yeah, Shania was involved in that for sure. But there, like, there was there was like some country flavored one in the 90s that had like Travis Tritt and some other people. But like, I saw some suggestions of, of Dolly Parton, which I love that idea because Dolly, the way she has relationships with so many people, like she would totally bring out a bunch well, of collaborators, including Miley Cyrus. She's also she also has that rock album that she has that's been gestating now since mm-hmm. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame announcement a year ago. Can you imagine if come next year her rock album is out mm-hmm. and she shows up at the halftime show to sing, you know, a couple of her country hits and then a couple, you know, rock collaborations. And here's Robert Plant to do Stairway to Heaven <laughs> with Dolly Parton. Or I don't know. I'm just I'm picking really obvious rock people. Uh, Pink flies in on a on a string. And <laughs> but I, I, I think it, we're overdue for a country halftime. It doesn't make any sense, especially just considering like football fandom, etc. I think kind of what Rihanna proved, like with the ratings, by the way, we're at a six year high for Sunday's game. Uh, I think. People might have questioned Rihanna. Like my parents don't really know Rihanna. Like they were sort of like, we don't really get this halftime. I think that we can share the wealth with these halftime shows. It doesn't always have to be a current right now A-list person. It could be somebody who just had, you have to have the catalog. Like that's basically what you need. You have to be a great performer, have a catalog. It feels like a country show in the vein of like Dr. Dre having like five people out there. You could put a pretty superstar group together that I think would be pretty crowd pleasing, um, you know, and then people can wait their turn for a hip hop one next year, or, you know, R&B next year, pop next year and share things around a little bit. You're not you're not going to satisfy everyone. And it's really you hard. You never to book, are. It's really hard to book this because you're, you can't make every single person watching the Super Bowl happy. Yep. So but, you know, I'd rather see a country. I'd much rather see a country one than like Maroon 5, for instance. Sorry to Maroon 5. But like that was a weird choice. And that didn't make, I don't know who that made happy, actually. And I like Maroon 5. I think that also might have been a booking out of sort of um, Slim Pickens that year. Because that was the the year that no one would do it because of Colin Kaepernick. Oh, yeah. That's the one that Rihanna publicly said she was going to turn down. Yeah. Um, All right. All right. Well, shall we move on? Let's do it. Well, now it's time for the chart set of the week. And really, it's just Quiz Katie. Hey. Hey. Uh, Katie. Which of these artists has more top 40 charting hits on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart? Now, I'm not saying that they have the most of all artists. I'm just saying of these four, Who has which the most? has the most of okay. these four? Your choices are the Beatles, Michael Jackson, Rihanna, or the Rolling Stones. I mean, I'm just going to go with the flavor of the week and say Rihanna. You are correct. She has 52 top 40 hits on the Billboard Hot 100. I also kind of figured that you would pick her, and that's why I put it in there, because I wanted to to get your streak going again. I I really appreciate you, but also, like, yeah, that's a Legends-only list, and so for Rihanna to have that record is wild. But as evidenced by her doing 12 songs and me thinking of 12 others she could do, she's got a deep catalog. 
Um, well, so you have it, a little quiz Katie chart stat of the week that is vaguely tied to the Super Bowl halftime show. Not really. Hey. <laughs> OK, we've reached the end of our big shoe. Uh, I mean, there was ob- there, there's a lot of news that came out of the halftime show that was sort of mm. music related that we didn't talk about. I mean, you two announced a a show in Vegas at the, the new MSG sphere thing sphere. sphere. Don't call it a residency. It's a run of shows. It's a run of sh- Okay. Maybe 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 Bono will be suspended on strings in the middle of the sphere. I don't know. I learned that the sphere was originally set to open in 2021. And then because of COVID, they suspended construction in 2020. So, yeah, they're helping launch the venue in fa- the fall um, is when you two will play there, which that should be a, a good draw. Good work, so, MSG Sphere. Are we, are we doing another Pop Shop Goes to Vegas situation, uh, Katie? Hell yes, I'm all about that. Yes, please, let's get the ball rolling on that. Let's get the Sphere rolling on that right now. You and I have technically seen you two together in Vegas for an oh, iHeart show. You sure are right. I would have told you I've never seen you two perform. That show was so good. Why did I forget? Because it wasn't a U2 concert. It was the iHeart Radio Music Festival. But damn, were they good. And it was right... It was right during like thick Trump time and they went all like just anti-Trump politics all day and and they killed. It was so good. Have you seen you two perform in a proper U2 concert? No, I've never seen a U2 concert. That's what I that's what. Yeah. 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 You should also. um, (laughs) I've heard they're good live. (laughs) um, What song should we go out on? I mean, I guess we're going out on a U2 song. Um, let's you know, go they have on. A, they have a new reimagined album coming out. Songs oh, of that's Surrender. Right. And the version, the new version of one uh, debuted during a, a Super Bowl like commercial thing. Uh, so maybe we should go out on that. OK, we'll go out on the new uh, the new reimagined version of one. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. One love, one blood, one life. Gotta do what you should One life With each other Sisters Hello, it is Ryan And I was on a flight the other day Playing one of my favorite social spin slot games On Chumbacasino.com I looked over at the person sitting next to me And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.